There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Hey, I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you with her. With the success of our podcast, we have adapted to the changing markets to set our sights on a national presence. We are looking to give the same great price on our wholesale episodes to listeners around the country. Thanks for joining us, wherever you are. Let's move on to slide two. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're raising a a $500,000 round at a $3 million valuation. God help me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, you're knowing it too well now. I know nothing except for a surface level of vocab. That's how far I've gotten so far. Hey, hey, that's enough to start uh, doing good parody videos. So (laughs) it's totally true. You're good. Oh, I should have. I should start a TikTok series where I'm like, oh my gosh, where I like trans transition from like a public radio host to. You could do those TikTok videos where it's like one person talking to another version of themselves and one of you is hearing your pitch and the other is making it. Oh, amazing. And then the questions, you know, evolve over time from just like, oh, my God, how do you do that? To like, "Uh uh-huh. And what's your MRR and your monthly burn rate? You just you just put a you just put a hat on when you're one of them. that's, That's how you know the difference. The best. I love it. Yes. I can't wait for your new TikTok series. That's exciting. (laughs) That will obviously become a thing. But what's the thing right now? Well, Mollywood, the answer is pet otters. Thank God. This is what (laughs) America needs right now. There is a dark side to this thing. Uh, Of course there Uh, is. But but should we start with the dark or the positive? Well, we should start with, first of all, really? You can have an otter for a pet? Mm-hmm. maybe you can in some places okay so first uh, of all people are having otters for pets yes they are okay this is a trend that seems to be centered in japan uh where pet cafes have been a thing for a long time in japan and otter pet cafes are a thing and also people having otters as pets in their house are a thing oh. uh it's also seems to be certainly spreading around the world by video, by TikTok, YouTube, etc. Right, uh and and possibly uh driving others to maybe decide to try otters as pets. Otters as pets is a very bad idea. It's bad mm. for the otter, it's bad for the harmful trait of otters. Otters are not good pets. It's bad for your fingers because they will bite them. Uh and <laughs> so yeah, they're really cute. But I always feel bad if I'm watching a cute video feeling that really good because I'm like, I probably shouldn't be giving this a view because it's bad for the otters. Oh, why is it bad for the otters? Well, because they get captured. They don't like to be pets. Uh, Mm. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of shady dealing in the otter pet trade because it's not legal everywhere. Um, I'm reading a funny. I mean, there's literally like pets.webmd.com, by the way, on like whether otters make good pets. And here are some of the reasons that perhaps you might not want to. Uh, they evidently stink to high heaven uh, and uh-huh. mark their territory by smearing their feces around. 
Mm, yeah. So um, that already, I would think, would be a deal breaker. My dogs do by accident. Otters do on purpose. <laughs> wow. I mean, they, my dogs my dogs don't do it regularly. I'm just saying, if my dog has ever done that, it's because they didn't realize that there was something stuck. Yeah, they, like the otters are very intentionally doing this. Dear God, their bite is sharp and piercing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> otters can be destructive if left untrained. They can leave many droppings around the house. They are wild animals and do not like to be restrained. And then on top of that, they make loud whistling or screeching noises all the time. Okay. But, I and think yet, Offie James has the solution yeah. for those of us who are like, yeah, but there's so cute. Look at the otter. Uh, rescue, rescue videos. Yeah. It, support the videos of people rescuing an otter in the wild, treating it responsibly, getting it ready to be released back into the wild. Then you still can like coo about how cute because they're really damn it's, cute. Because they are they're freaking so cute, cute. But yeah, maybe like not. This is it is so weird how this is still such a human tendency. And I do wonder, Rich made the funny joke that Otter King is coming to Netflix. But I do wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like exotic pets hasn't always been a thing. But I sure. will say probably TikTok has made it seem more at possible and likely. Like I follow this household yeah. that has like foxes, like rescue foxes and like a right. raccoon and stuff. And you're just like, oh, my God, all these animals are so cute. Plus the popularity of Tiger King, maybe, but, Mm -hmm. and maybe there's no increase at all in the number of people wanting these exotic pets and like making terrible life decisions as a result. It just, it's more visible. Yeah. 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 That's the internet does that a lot, right? It amplifies awareness, not in, not occurrence. Right. Uh, And we think like suddenly everyone is doing this thing and it's, yeah. I, I also think on top of that, that this is a human trait that goes back millennia mm-hmm. otherwise we wouldn't have cats and dogs like cats and dogs we 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 domesticated them because we have this drive for some reason to take cute furry things and, and try to make them pets it succeeded with cats and dogs but no one knows how many thousands of years that took before it was safe <gasps> totally for a while it was bears and all these other things it's true and dogs made sense in two ways like one that they're cute but also protection right and then cats must have just been a pure play while well, they caught rats and rats spread the play. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you That's could true. see. So like there were evolutionary reasons, but now it does seem to be this drive of just like, it is cute. I must have it. Yeah. Like, you don't have yeah. to have it. Just like it. Our, our love of fats and sugars was once important to, to make it through lean times. Right. Uh, and now <laughs> it's not good for us. <laughs> not good. You don't good. need to domesticate an otter to keep down whatever otters would keep down. In your area. (laughs) Exactly. Whatever evolutionary drive is occurring there inside your brain, suppress it and we'll go see them at the zoo or not the zoo (laughs) on nature videos. Oh, God, it's all just Uh, a horrible. Whatever way you look at it, pet otters. I was totally saying to a friend today that if anything turns me into a vegetarian, it will actually be TikTok. Because (laughs) there is such a preponderance of cute animals on TikTok. But you also start to realize like, oh, my God, I think maybe literally every animal in the wild kingdom wants to snuggle. Deer, baby deer are trying to get in people's beds and just be all like snuggling cute. I've seen people petting sharks and the sharks are like, snuggle me. Oh, my gosh. Like it, you can it is inescapable goldfish rubbing coming just to be like pet my head like I, I don't i i think maybe every animal literally just wants to be loved also cows are so curious and oh, funny yeah. and nice oh, yeah. like oh see and i grew up with that which is both a blessing and a curse on the one hand i'm like oh yeah no cows but also um we always ate them i know <laughs> and, and that included the nice 
cuddly ones. So. Yeah, but that was also at the time when we were 70s pet owners. So we like liked them fine. Like we liked our yeah, dogs, but our dogs right. just like wandered yeah, yeah. free. No. You know, we yeah, my did uncle, not care about them at all. My uncle Harold was like, love dogs outside. And it, he, it was true. He was a dog lover, but mm-hmm. never inside. Dogs yeah. did not belong in the house. I mean, can you even imagine? Never yeah. inside? Yeah. Our little divas? Get real. <sighs> Get real. I'm looking at one right now. Hi. Um, She's like, well, I, I am moving on. My thing today is a completely other internet trend, which is a thing that I have recently discovered just in time for it to be a thing in the sense of a topic of discussion. So it is the magical life-saving tool called Calendly. Oh my gosh. Do you know about Calendly? Oh, I just used it yesterday. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it is a freaking game changer for life. Okay, for those who are not familiar, Calendly is a service that you can plug into your like Gmail calendar or I think even Outlook. And what you do is you send people a link and you're like, you can schedule some time here and then you can create all of the d- different options you want. Like, for example, mine, I don't let anybody schedule an hour long meeting because I don't think those should exist. And <laughs> so you can schedule a 15 minute meeting, a 30 minute meeting. I just created a special one called a pitch deck meet or pitch meeting so that you upload. And I put a little custom field in there that was like, please upload your deck ahead of the meeting. So I'm prepared. And like then and you can set times like you can't book me now or now. It is amazing. And everybody who is familiar with the uh, 19 email dance, that's like, do you have this time, this time, this time, this time? Mm-hmm. And then, by the way, if you don't get back to the email fast enough, then five out of those seven times are gone. Like that is all gone with Calendly. So as a product, oh my God, it's life-changing. As a new vehicle for social awkwardness, Mm-hmm. It has also in just the last like week become this huge topic of discussion. And I accidentally waded in, which I don't usually do on Twitter because I had asked. So I got somebody's Calendly link in an email that was somewhat imperious. And I was like, huh, okay. And then, but then I started sending out my Calendly link and I was like, wait, am I a dick? Like, is this a, is it a kind of a rude to just send someone a link and be like, put some time on my calendar. And then this guy on Twitter was like, if you send me your Calendly link and are like, put some time on my calendar, you're dead to me. And I'll, and I was like, oh, I see because you're insane and it's all about your ego. And I had a conversation about it with Jason and he was like, no, it's an act of complete submission to send somebody your calendar. Right. Cause you're just like, you put time here and I will be available to you. I, I, I am at your disposal as a result of sending you this link. So anyway, what I mean to say is no matter where you fall in this debate, this is the thing. This is absolutely a thing. Yeah. hundred percent a thing. And what's weird to me is Calendly isn't new. Uh, I've, I've been, I've used it on and off. I've had other people send me Calendly links on and off for years, but it was kind of rare. Right. Uh, And it's just recently that it just became the thing. Like suddenly everybody's using it. And I don't know if that's, hybrid work makes scheduling more complex so more people are looking for solutions to this or what Mm -hmm. but it is definitely it's definitely nuanced Mm -hmm. Uh, i used it this week because someone uh who wants to potentially hire me to do a thing was like uh let's chat for 30 minutes here's my calendly uh just pick an open time i was like great that i don't feel is fraught with any kind of 
weirdness, right? No, it's amazing. That person is is like, here are my open times, and I I am fine with any of these. You pick one, mm-hmm. and so they're not like abandoning their calendar to me. Uh, but also, it's not like imperious or like I'm more important, you know. So I'll it was it was normal in that sequence of events. I could absolutely see it where people just preemptively send the Calendly link or in in a situation where you're like, well, wait a minute, there's there's more people involved than than or whatever. Like I could see it being misused, I guess is what I'm saying. I could definitely see it being I I, I have. There is a way to communicate in the world. Right. So for from the social awkwardness perspective, yes, you can always diffuse this. Um, it, you definitely shouldn't send it to someone preemptively, like if, when you're introducing yourself. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you about this. Here's my calendar. Like, no. <laughs> right. Because you have asked me for a meeting. And then instead of waiting for a response, you just send me your link. There's like you what I have settled on. And I said this on Twitter is like I've settled on the middle ground of sort of like, let me know some times that are convenient for you. Or if it's more convenient, please feel free to put some time on my calendar. Yeah. Right. Like it's just a it's partly a communication thing. And I was warned against I I was emailing with someone once who had it just as part of her signature, her email signature. Wow. Yeah. No. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, that's a terrible idea, right? That's where I agree with Jason, that it's an act of submission there. Like, here's yeah. my calendar, anytime, anyone. No, In no, 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 no. The bad way. And unless yeah. you're, unless it's like super, super, super locked down and proscribed, um, that could easily get out of hand. But like, it's such a magical tool. I can sort of see why everybody's trying to figure out, because it's a magical tool. Like mm-hmm. anything, it can be used and misused. Um, and also, sometimes you just want to talk about fun things on Twitter. But also, like efficiency is the name of the, right? Like you can't, someone of course then subtweeted like there are really important things in the world that we have to solve. And Calendly yeah, is not one of them. We, why are we spending money on a telescope when we haven't fed all the poor people? Exactly. Kind of yeah, <laughs> Which was I a total, it. like, I'm sorry, how are you going to tackle any of the world's problems if you don't work efficiently? Yeah. If you don't know, actually, that's a really good point. In this like, case, what it's the like, hell? Uh, figuring out how to schedule communication would be fundamental to solving the world's problems. One would think Pretty may not much. be the most important part of it, but it's an essential part of it. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> freaking much. Anyway, I think that yeah. uh, to Ron George's question in the chat about how they make money, that's probably for the different podcasts, but they have a subscription service model that they work they, for enterprises. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. There's paid features and stuff, right? I've never really looked into it, but I know there's like, if you're really a power user, you can you can pay to get more stuff. Yep. I'm a one-way Calendly user. I'll tell you that right now. It does not work for me to send a Calendly link to someone. Oh. My schedule is too variable uh, as far as like, I've got open things on my calendar that are like, oh yeah, I'm never scheduling that time, even though it's not blocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, you know, I'm not going to block out 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> and and stuff like that, which I think you could do in Calendly. You could just oh, you tell don't even it, like, block it out specifically. Yeah, you just, you just say you range. can only schedule yeah. meetings between. Like mine is like still, you can only schedule meetings like, between nine and three. I, yeah, I have I have prior. I have I guess I could do a Calendly for like a very limited amount of time. That I'm like, yeah, I guess I can always meet here. But there are priorities of like if we can't agree on any other time, then I could meet at this time. But I'd really rather not because now I'm pressuring myself. And it has to do with preparing for Daily Tech News Show, which is a yep. newsy show. So it's like, could I take a half hour out at 11 a.m.? I could, but it's going to make my life harder. Yep. Uh, so so I, I don't use Calendly from my end, but I love it when people send me like, 
after we've talked and we've agreed, let's have a meeting. Right. <laughs> here's my Calendly uh, to, to schedule it. That's great. If, if people have the kind of style of, of calendar where they can do that, I love it. I, yeah, I totally agree. And I, what I'm discovering is like, yeah, I wouldn't have been that person before because it was just like it's much more regimented and or variable, like breaking news, anything could pop up, that kind of thing. Now that my job involves having meetings mm-hmm. and I'm interacting with a lot of people whose jobs involve having meetings, I'm like, wow, this is this is it, it is increasingly for whatever reason. And I don't know why it all of a sudden got so popular really fast but like yeah. it's such a fat it's so fascinating how like a new tool comes along and then becomes a social phenomenon and then you got to figure out if the tool is the problem or you are right, the problem and right. let me just say like look if you're having a problem with this you're the problem <laughs> now one thing i don't know about calendly i don't know if you know the answer to this or not uh i don't think it's useful for lots of different people it's pretty one-on-one, isn't it? You can. Oh, no. There are multiple oh, really? meeting types. You can you set can up mul- specifically a meeting type that's like lots of people want to have like a meeting a group with you. You can five people and say like, uh, let's all use Calendly to figure out where the overlapping open meeting is. No, that's a different one. There's a different that's app for that. Doodle. That's Doodle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. That's that's. I was like, I didn't think Calendly could do what Doodle does. <laughs> Which I'm going to go back to 1992 and say that right. to me and see what I say. Like, we are so dot com right now. If you just take a couple of ver- of all, if you take all the vowels out of the two products that we just uh, uh, mentioned, then we are in 1998. Oh, that's amazing. Um. Well, this one kind of, I, I feel like it fits along uh, with this. Uh, there is a trend, uh, mostly on TikTok of referring to someone as the CEO of, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the, this came up in conversation with uh, my friend Lamar Wilson, uh, who does unboxing videos. And he's like, yeah, on TikTok, people call you the CEO. So people are calling me the CEO of unboxing. So I've kind of taken that. He's, he's using that as a tagline. But That's awesome. I, I looked into it and that is now, that is the trend. Sometimes used, maybe not disparagingly, but kind of mocking, friendly mockingly, uh, but often used as like, oh, no, like you are the bomb. You're the person who does this. Like you are the CEO of things, Mollywood. <laughs> I love this. And it's such a great evolution of boss, like boss right. level. Oh, yeah, totally. I didn't even make that connection. Don't you think it must be? Yeah. But I love it. That's so funny. The, yeah, the CEO of TikTok, CEO of mm-hmm. putting stuff in the Urban Dictionary, as it says on Urban Dictionary, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love this. I also particularly love this because I'm a big fan of saying, and I don't know where I got that. Oh, it's because I like one of the few times I've flown first class sat next to this guy who was like, I'm the CEO, blah, 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 blah. And it was like clear that it was like a brand new startup that didn't have any money and da, da, da. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. you're the CEO of my butt. Like, <laughs> which I now say all the time. And now I feel like I can and also be trendy, which is amazing. Right, right. You're the CEO of douchiness, mister. By the way, if you scroll down on Urban Dictionary to CEO, it's got a whole bunch of things that CEO could stand for that are hysterical, such as can't even operate, career ending opportunity, <laughs> Caribbean elephants organization. <laughs> ah, chief elf of operations. I mean, that's the best one. Chief embezzling officer. <laughs> Chief eating officer. Am I right? Hey. Cockeyed optimist. The I mean, CEO wh- of eating, meaning I'm the chief eating officer of eating. Of eating. <laughs> Christmas and Easter only. 
What? <laughs> that's not. Oh, that's the people who only go to church on Christmas and Easter. Oh, that's hilarious. That's amazing. I mean, these. This, wow. Urban Dictionary really was a gift they could keep on giving on that one. I love it. Yeah. Well done, Urban Dictionary. Um, all right. My next thing I have had in the bullpen for a long time, but I just wasn't quite sure if it was really a thing or like maybe going to be a thing or just a thing that I had encountered on TikTok because it's been around for a while. But every week or so or a couple of weeks, I put it through Google News to see if it has hit. <laughs> and it finally has. Drill music is a thing. So it is. And this is the part where I say, yes, I know that it's been around for nigh on a decade. It, I think, came from the UK, really. And then um, apparently, according to this article in musicradar.com that published last week, 12 days ago, called The Beginner's Guide to Drill, which is how I know that it is now enough of a thing to have a beginner's guide in Music Radar. Um, also, I guess, emerged in Chicago, in the U.S., it seems like it might have been a bit of a pandemic musical style, but the drill sound and name is is just really, really hard rap, like super nihilistic. It's basically if death metal were rap, it would be drill. Yeah, I mean, there's a controversy about whether it came out of grime or not. And, you know, I'm, I'm really more of a grime guy, Molly, I'm sort of into drill, but drill doesn't have the soul of grime for me yes. myself. So I'm really kind of skeptical on the whole drill thing. It's a little hard, but maybe I'm just being resistant. I don't know. But now that it's blowing up and it's getting so mainstream, I'm just like, well, maybe I was right about drill and it's just, it's just a flash in the pan. It's big enough for gatekeeping. Yes. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I'm actually really excited, uh, all kidding aside, uh, because I'm a big fan of grime, yeah. uh, which is a London thing. And I only knew of drill as a sort of, uh, of a layer on grime, like grime, sometimes grime evolves into drill. Uh, I had no idea about, uh, the, the Chicago aspect of this. And I even know about folks like Chief Keef. Uh, which is listed here in the Music Radar article. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense that that, that all uh, ties together. So yeah. very, very cool uh, I, that, that this is emerging. Of course, I encountered it on TikTok <laughs> and wasn't sure if it was a thing. But I noticed that a lot of TikToks were using this very... Cause, oh, Pop Smoke is... Because in a di the thing I think that is bringing drill into the mainstream here isn't even OG drill songs, which might be just a little too nihilistic for everybody. It's drill remixes. And so there's a great one by uh, that song, the Still Into You by Paramore. Mm -hmm. There's a drill remix that has become like huge on TikTok, which I accidentally started to play but I will put it in our discord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stupid, stupid autoplay. It's really good. So I, I think that probably the combination of like drill making its way into the main, mainstream in general, but also let's be honest, like remixes on, on TikTok mm -hmm, have made it, mm -hmm. have made it a thing. Kind of, uh, kind of widen, which, uh, yeah, I love like Stormzy and skeptic. Uh, and the, the, those are grime artists. Uh, and I'm sort of, peripherally aware of of some of the drill uh folks out there this kind of inspires me to like check out some more of it like maybe and and i was 
being facetious earlier, but there is an aspect of drill where I'm like, hmm, maybe a little too hard edge for me to listen to all the time, but maybe I just need to, to, to expose myself to it some more. I mean, yes, but I think it's also going to be a little too hard edge to listen to all the time. Like, well, grime, grime is not, is not nice. Right. Totally. <laughs> so I don't mind, I don't mind it being grimy, right? Hence the name. Uh, but the, the, it was the sound more than anything where it was like, and I, I like some, you know, speed metal stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just getting old though. Really. It's really interesting. Cause I, when I first looked up drill to see if it was a thing and it's been, I mean, you guys can probably attest it's been in the bullpen for over a month, I think. But when I first looked it up to see if it was a thing, it, it had been given credit as a UK development, but this music radar, interesting it puts it in article Chicago. puts it in yeah. Chicago and says that when it spread to London, it was, quote, given a local twist with the introduction of grime and UK garage production influences, such as warping bass lines, different vocal styles, and less reliance on auto-tuned vocals and flows inspired by road rap. So now there's London Drill, but yeah. it does seem like once Drill got to London, it turned into grime. Well, no, grime existed. And, or vice versa. Uh, that, for, that for sure. And Drill took grime aspects and became London Drill is what right. that, the way I was reading that anyway. Damn. One London group, by the way, like it, it got super controversial because it is so hard. And the, and also the UK is sort of delightful. I mean, they don't, my son was talking about this the other day. He's like, I really like UK rap. It's really different. It's just like they rap about really different things. And I was like, well, yeah, one big difference is like they don't have a gun culture there. And it's so it's like there's this big, I don't know, it's just a very different style. And so London Drill, they, people got really upset about lyrics that reflect gang feuds and knife crime. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. um, and at one point, even they you know, had YouTube take down a bunch of videos. A group called 1011 were formally banned from making music without seeking permission from police. Oh, wow. Because they've said it encouraged violence. How NWA in the 90s. Yeah, totally right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. But I agree. Fast it made me want to listen to the, more. Uh, to the movie about their lives. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so excited that you're like, oh yeah, I'm totally up on crime, but of course you are. But also this is why the show is so great because you never know well, what and you each of us is going to be able to like, add. I was sort of like, yeah, kind of no drill, heard a couple songs. Is that even a thing? I don't know. Is it too harsh? And now I'm like, oh no, this is definitely a thing. Molly's right. Okay. I, I need to, I need to investigate this again. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. But it cool. wasn't, it was too soon when I first put it in the bullpen. Yeah. And yeah. I think we Sometimes can safely say that like, summer. it's all about the timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if anybody's uh, interested in grime, I, I always recommend the song Cold by Stormzy as a good like introduction to see if you like it. Mm. And then, then you can kind of get more serious from there. But it's one of my favorites. Cold by Stormzy. That I'll play sound you hear is me putting it into one of my 50 million sticky notes that's on my desktop. <laughs> cool. All right, let's get to your things. Feedback at it's a thing dot me is our email address. If you're like, how am I going to remember that feedback that you want to send us goes to it's a thing dot me because you're you. Does that help? I don't know. Uh, Tim, Tim got it, though. Tim wrote in on the Wiggles and said the yearly music democracy that is the hottest 100 was completed this last weekend in Australia. For those of you not familiar with it, the national government funded youth broadcaster holds a yearly poll for the hottest songs released in the last year. It's quite a big deal, and we'll get coverage across all media here. Being no longer of the youth target demographic, I think Elder Zenial is my class. 
I like that. Uh, Xennial, <laughs> you know, Generation X. Uh-huh. Uh, I did not participate in the vote. The winner this year was a cover of the Tame Impala song Elephant by the Wiggles. Oh, my God. Recorded for a regular cover segment on The Breakfast Show. There are two things here. Just as the shout outs last week were the Wiggles. One, the Wiggles definitely are and will remain a thing for the foreseeable future. Two, complaining about the winner slash every song in the 100 is a thing. (laughs) After every Hottest 100 poll, media coverage will focus on how did these songs get popular this year, which is always answered swiftly with, is your newsroom full of 16 to 24 year olds or are you no longer in the demographic? (laughs) Ouch. Yeah, I like that. And also amazing. (laughs) Thank you, Tim. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, a very exciting email from Tabitha who wrote in on mini stores and more and plus just became a patron. That's right. We have an all new listener and patron to It's a Thing, which is very exciting. Tabitha writes, hey, Tom, Molly and Rich, I just discovered your thingiverse. How good is that? Through a Spotify recommendation from Make Me Smart. I was delighted to discover that although I would no longer hear Molly on Marketplace Podcasts, I had a whole new bag of fun to dive into with It's a Thing. Yes. Side note, like, can you imagine how fun it would be to discover It's a Thing and be like, oh my God, there's like years of this. <laughs> yeah, no We're kidding. like the freaking Netflix library of fun podcast <laughs> listening up in here. <laughs> uh, she said she started with the first episode of the relaunch and has finally gotten close enough to the present. I'm at episode 184 that I feel it is acceptable to write in. First okay. thing confirmation. Many stores inside other stores. Check. Have you thought about Starbucks? Way back when we mm. used to go places, every Barnes & Noble Target and even some Kroger's had Starbucks kiosks inside the store that operated like a standalone shop, but inside the other bigger store. I work as a manager at a grocery store that has one, and we have to abide by the standards of corporate Starbucks on almost every detail. Great point, and probably... Yeah, we have one of those in ours, too. That's probably what started it, in some ways. Genius. Second, says Tabitha, thing declaration as a fellow exennial millennial status denial is definitely a thing. (laughs) So good. As someone who does this constantly, I now hear others say regularly, I'm not really a millennial because (laughs) instead reason here. Because I'm jaded. Because (laughs) I'm jaded. Because uh, my glasses frames are not clear. Third, she (laughs) says, thing check. I keep seeing these specific pants on the male youngs at my job. They are a jogger with a heavily structured design, resulting in angled seams and tall cuffs. Mm. I think they may be made from a jersey-style material, but I'm not sure they're much more fitted than traditional sweatpants. Heaven help us all. I have no idea what they are called, but this past six months or so, they're the only thing these guys will wear. I've seen that too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. BTS just put out a bunch of clothing designed by the members of BTS. And Mm -hmm. one of the members, RM, uh, has put out joggers that are exactly this description. Totally. Super. Yeah. Super structured joggers is yes. 100%. Um, And then she writes, thanks for all you do to make my hour long commute each way. Ouch. Much more delightful. P.S. Producer Rich needs to cameo more often. In this case, three is not company. It's a party. P.P.S. I was the lady with the banana. Make me smart question. Answer on Molly's last episode, by the way. Amazing. And follow up email. P.S. I noticed the next episode I heard after the email asking for more rich cameos. Molly got sick. 
<laughs> she goes, oh I know gosh. it's not happening in real time, but I felt bad about it anyway. For now on, I will be grateful for the bounty I receive and send Molly well wishes while I also play design. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is good. That is a good example of pattern recognition in action of like, yeah, this is, this is not us getting your email and kicking Molly off the show or making her sick because you're, you're listening out of order, but that is funny. Also, I'm pretty sure you didn't manifest it, Tabitha, but I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. What, her manifestation would have had to uh, travel back in time, but hey. I mean, who knows what mysteries the universe hold. Matt Bat needs a thing check. All right. Okay. I'm ready. Thing check on aisle Matt Bat. My daughter is my only window into what's hip and cool with the kids these days. She loves watching Robert IDK, and I keep hearing him use the Mentos theme song in an ironic way. So I asked her if she got the reference to the 90s commercials, and she had no clue, as expected. I need a thing check. Is the Mentos theme song a thing again? Huh. I I don't know. I need to hear it. Let's see. This is a little Bader-Meinhof thing for me, because as soon as I saw Matt Bat's email... I noticed a couple other Mentos references, but I hadn't noticed them before. Uh, so I don't know if I was just noticing them more because he sent the email. Uh, so send us your your own observations of Mentos in the wild. Feedback at itsathing.me. Did you find anything? Well, I pulled it up on YouTube and I'm in an ad. Hold on. Like, mm. Oh, God, another ad. I think I might have to start paying for that YouTube thing. Hold on. I just need to hear it a little bit so that I... Yeah, the fresh maker. Mm. Okay, then somehow I ended up at like something totally different. Um, I don't know. I'll listen to it later and then I'll let you know. But it sounds like if Matt Bat mentioned it and then Tom immediately heard it, mm. that that seems like a pretty solid. That's a good indication. Maybe. Oh, the yeah. fresh maker. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Okay. Well, now I'm gonna start looking. Now it's I have a, the Nestle Crunch song in my head for some entirely unrelated reason. <laughs> <laughs> I just have still into you why. in my head because of talking about it. But okay, just so the so the Mento song we've officially determined is a distributed thing. Check. We will now go out into the world yeah. Yeah, yeah. and check for it. And then finally, Chris writes in on Audi again. Feedback at it's a thing dot me is where you can send these emails because they're so rich and delightful. Um, not in the producer way, but also that too. Good afternoon slash evening, Tom and Molly. Firstly, love the show. Reference Audis being a thing on episode 198. I completely agree about Audis being the new BMW. They are definitely a thing. Thing formation in the UK. This is actually amazing. I was just going to assume that he was like here in the Bay Area where Audis are everywhere. But Chris says in the UK, I'm not sure if it's the same in the States, but one of the things in the UK is that BMW drivers have a really bad reputation as being not the nicest of drivers. As Audis have gotten a lot more popular in the UK over the last few years, the mantle of most obnoxious and arrogant drivers has started to be shifting Audis way in line with their increased popularity. Listening to a lot of your many podcasts over the years, I know you both aren't Audi Audi drivers like mentioned, <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me if you get another similar email referring to Audi drivers from the UK. Okay. That's like, okay. Can confirm that at least part of the reason I've noticed Audis everywhere is because they have indeed supplanted BMW drivers as that a-hole ta- tailgating you. Mm. Totally. And, and my wife apologizes, Molly. She didn't know it was you. You know, having driven BMWs for years, like, I I get it. I know. I'm sorry. Like, I know that you just see me coming and you're like, there's no, here comes another one. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm yeah, not, I know. and and uh, what's funny is Eileen has had her Audi for I want to say six, seven years. Yeah, and in the and and it was used even even then. It's a 2011 Audi. Um, in the early days, it really felt like you were invisible on the road in a good way. Yeah, right. Not in a I didn't see you and I cut you off way, but in a sort of like oh that's just an Audi. Like nobody nobody tailgated you because you. But nobody like treated you like, you know, you were like, oh, get a get a new car or something. Uh, and and only recently has has the Audi started to feel more like you're in a BMW. So it's it's definitely a culture shift going on. Mm-hmm. It really is. I know. And, and it's true. Audis used to be just cool in Euro, but now it's just like jerky money people going fast. Yeah. I drive a Honda. So there. <laughs> Let's get to our shout outs uh, based on the storylines in season one of the 80s soap opera, The Colbys. <laughs> this is amazing. All right, I'm going to start. <laughs> <laughs> of course, by the way, the shout outs are given to those patrons who support us at the shout out level at patreon.com slash it's a thing. You get a custom artisanal handcrafted mm. shout out from producer Rich week after week. Here we go. The first season storylines include the construction of an oil pipeline, David Grizzly Smith's vendetta against Morris Jones, the romance between Benjamin Forrest and his brother Lee Price's widow Gabrielle Cohen, the subsequent collapse of Kevin Sill's marriage to Eric Duncan, and eventually the revelation that Jake Woods, not Miranda <gasps> Janelle, is in fact Andrew Bradley's oh. father. There were initially a number of crossovers featuring members of the Dynasty cast, most notably Joe Hood and half-sister Louis St. Amour. At the end of the season, Mike Akins learns that James C. Smith could be the father of his unborn child. That was brilliant. Oh I hope we yeah. can do that again. Because, I can't, I can't oh wait to God. watch this. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening to It's a Thing, for supporting It's a Thing at patreon.com slash it's a thing. If you do support our show, you can get access to cool stuff like our live Discord, where we tape uh, and chit-chat and clap together every week, and an ad-free RSS feed and more. You can also email us your things. Don't forget that email address, feedback at it's a thing.me. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Speaking lies. Politicians. 